Hey everyone, this is Gavin. Hey everybody, this is Todd. And I'm Craig. Hello and welcome to the Majors Metal Podcast. This is episode one, two, three. One, two, three, Craig. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> you don't think that's quite cool that it's one, two, three? Not really. No, okay. Well, anyway, the voice you can hear there is Craig, obviously one of the uh, co-hosts. I say that in quotation marks. And then we've also got our other co-host, Todd, is also on the line. Yo, what's up? And uh, we have got a, a jam-packed episode for you. We do have an interview on this episode. This is with, um, I would say, f- one of the best, probably one of the pioneers of uh, female rock music is Cherie Corey. And uh, she's oh, yeah. obviously, you know, most well-known for being in The Runaways back in the, is it the late 70s, Todd? Yeah, late 70s, um, up and probably till like 1980, because I'm thinking that's probably about the time Joan Jett left and went on her own. Yeah. So... Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So and we've we've had Shuri on before. Like she she did a duo with um, Brie Darling, and it was like a duo album and called the Motivator, which is a fantastic album. And the two of them came on to talk to us last year, and uh, we've got it on again because she's got a brand new album out called Boulevards of Splendor. And uh, this album, I'm just reaching for it now because the uh, the record company actually sent me a copy of it, and it's fantastic. I'd listened to it prior to to receiving the copy, but. Um, it's really good. Like uh, it features Slash from from uh, Guns N' Roses and um, Duff McKagan as well from Guns N' Roses and a couple of other guys as well. Um, you know, rock icons. And it's it's a really good album. It's it took her like ten years to make because she's been so busy. So it's uh, it's been a long time in the making, but it's fantastic. So she she's we've done a pre-recorded interview. Me and Kelly did that um, because it was on a day when Todd was working. So. We, uh, we got that one done, and uh, yeah, she tells us all about the album, and uh, it was really nice to have a catch-up with her. So we got that coming up very soon, and then after that, uh, one of my ex-band members, we used to be in a boy band years ago called Instinct, years ago. It, the, the name changed a few times, actually, but that was the... I, I actually left at one point, and the name changed after I'd left, so that was my time in the band was when we were called Instinct. Laugh at it all you want. I know Dick Johnson made fun of it at one point. Um, <laughs> um, well, he... He just misheard the name. He thought it was like Instinct, like, yeah. <laughs> like like the shocker, like you know. Exactly. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Jay Jay is coming on to talk to us. He's got his own uh, like uh, production company called Avengers Media. So he's going to talk to us about that and his latest project under that production company is called The Chase. So he, he's going to tell us a little bit about that, and uh, it's actually quite interesting. So. Um, before we go through to Cherie's interview, just want to talk to Craig because Craig is fucking off very shortly because he's not interested in sticking around, which is fine. That's Craig, and we know what he's like. So, Craig, what have you been up to? You have to talk to us, mate. We need to get some Craig content on this episode. Oh, back in that fucking dump, alright. What work? Yeah. Oh, you you went back this week, did you? Yeah. How was that then? After having three, it was a three weeks off you had. Yep. 
So what was that like then? Wow. Depression. <laughs> so, is there any COVID cases in there? Uh, I don't think there is this week. No, well, that's good. Oh, excellent. Low yeah. infections, the usual crap, but no COVID. Yeah, oh well, that's good. So, uh, what did you do? You were off for three weeks, so I imagine you must have got some, some uh, serious housework done. You had, you know, dig up the garden, plant some new things outside, paint, decorate. What did you do? Uh, we got some new tables and chairs for the garden. Uh, we got bird feeder in the garden as well. We've got them, um, them lights that power up by the sun and then they get many lights up during the night. Solar-powered lights, yeah. So, yeah, got some of them in the, in the garden as well. We're doing some more on the garden tomorrow. Uh, we're going to sort out. Well, you haven't seen any pictures of what it's like, have you? I've seen a picture of the table and the chairs outside, so I've seen it got like the garden's long in it. Seen yeah, it. Well, right down the bottom, it's full of rubble. When we moved in, we tried to move it, but it was no luck. Uh, it's like one side's like rubble, and the other side's kind of like flagged with like these with cracked flags. So we're trying to like just tie up a little bit tomorrow. We, we've bought like uh, gravel just to put over it and, and other little things. All right, nice one. So, uh, so when it's sunny, the sun's like by the patio, like first thing in the morning, then it gradually goes over to the back of the, down the bottom of the garden. So when that happens, we can put the table and chairs down the bottom and just sit down there. Yeah. When it looks, when it looks nicer. So, I mean, you know, you've got to love that there. So not only have we got Shuri Curry on this episode talking about, you know, a career in, in rock, We've also got Craig talking to us about his garden where there's rock at the bottom and he's got to move it. So, you know, it's kind of full circle, really, isn't it? Anyway, come on, give us something fun, Craig. What, tell us something. Tell us a funny story about work. What happened? What? What? How many patients did you piss off this week? Um. Well, I had one patient uh, kicking off at me for no reason. Well, well, he must have had a reason. Let's let, let's let's talk about it. So, what happened? Start from the beginning. He shouts me over and tells me to go and find someone to uh, give him a hand over something. So uh, I said to him, yeah, I'm going to find someone. So I stood outside the bay because each bay has like uh, its own uh, staff to look after. Each staff has like their own bay. So I was looking for one of the staff members. Couldn't find, uh, I think it was a hair. Couldn't find her. Stood there for like a minute or so. So I can't be asked with this, but I got tease to do. So I carried on with my tease, and then I completely forgot because, you know, I've got other things to do. Right, okay. The truth comes out. Go on. No, it's not the truth at all. So I go in, and then uh, I'm cutting the trays in, and then he shouts me over to the. You didn't didn't find uh, anyone to help, did you? And I I said, well, I try to, but I'm busy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I've got tea to do. And they said, no, nah, no, nah, you, you, you thought of me, but you just fobbed me off and you, you pretended <laughs> to go and look and all that. I said, no, you know, and all that. And they started having a bit of an attitude towards me. You know, this, this was on Monday, my first day back. <laughs> Fucking so, then, uh, go on. So, yeah, I, yeah and I said, well, I just, like, walked away and then said something like, you know, with that attitude and all that, and, look, I couldn't... I could have said more, but I just stopped at that. So, you, so you just said with that attitude, and then stopped and walked off. I was going to say with that attitude, you shouldn't. You know, you're not going to get a cup of tea, but he wasn't drinking anyway. So, 
So I just kind of like stopped and walked off, and he goes, yeah, with that attitude. <laughs> oh, he said that to you, did he? Or you said that to him? I said it to him first, and then he just said it back. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's just funny because you funny, start... Funny, I mean, like... Oh, this was like over, over if he if he wanted a cup of tea or not. Again, it's always it's always over a cup of fucking tea. They always snap when they don't get their fucking teas. Well, you're the one doing the tea, so they shouldn't be snapping if you're making them tea. Yeah, but I don't know if uh, if he's allowed or not. That's why I was trying to like look for a member of staff, but oh, I, I wasn't going to wait around for like bloody god knows long just to look for it. It's just you right. started the story off with. A guy had a go at me for no reason, but then when you explained the story, you gave a valid reason. You told him you would find someone, and then you basically went, nah, fuck that, and you just didn't find anyone. So he, he was kind of well, well within his rights it, to be No, I was set. trying to, but then I just forgot. He made it. like they're all giving minute. out the meals, and I, I was trying to like find the pace, and then, you know, like, sorry, I haven't got time. We've all got like things to do. <laughs> Fucking hell, well, with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Right, all right. I think that I think that that's been a riveting conversation with Craig. So, Craig, we're going to let you go, and we're going to go through to our interview with Cherie Curry. Hello, everybody. This is Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, and you're listening to Major's Mess Hall Podcast. Hi, how's it going? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, good. Everything's great. Everything's great here. How about you? Same old. Still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Hey, Kelly. Hi, Cherie. You okay? So, how are you making out with this? Uh, this obviously the pandemic that's going on. Is you keeping well at home and stuff, staying safe? Well, yes, and uh, you know, I'm kind of a homebody anyway, and I work from home, so um, it hasn't affected me a huge amount. Um, you know, just uh, keeping on, keeping on. We are doing a couple of fun things for the record here, but, uh, you know, uh, and I'm working on an autobiography, my, my book, Neon Angel, Memoir of a Runaway. I'm doing the audio book of that here as well. So, uh, you know, moving and grooving. Excellent. So the new album, I have to say, Boulevard of Splendor, is absolutely fantastic. I, lo- I love it to bits. Well, it's wonderful. that means Thank yeah, you, it's Gavin. It's I really, really appreciate good. Appreciate that. Thank so, you so much. So I believe it's 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 been ten years in the making. Is that true? Yeah, we finished the record uh, in two thousand and I think late two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. So um, <clears throat> it's yeah, it's it's been a long a long wait for it to be released. So why why did you choose now of all times to release it? Well, you know what I, I have to say, it wasn't my. Uh, I didn't release it. Blackheart released it, and uh, I didn't really think that they ever would. I, uh, when they put it out on vinyl last year, that was that was a, a <clears throat> excuse me a very welcome surprise. And uh, I guess this pandemic was, in their eyes, a perfect time to do it. I'm just glad that they did it. Yeah. Well, my eyes just lit up when you said that it's on vinyl because I didn't know that, and I love vinyl, so I'll be I'll be ordering that soon. <laughs> yeah, it's really a it's red vinyl. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes, definitely grab it. It sounds great. It's a different, you know, it's a slightly different mix than the uh, than the download. So uh, it's definitely something I think you'll enjoy. It's always better on vinyl, always, and always has been as well. I love love the sound of vinyl. You can't beat just putting a new record on and sitting back and listening to it. 
it's so true. And I, I, I have my vinyl in my garage, of course. I, I even gave away my mom's record player a few years back. I just never saw this coming. But uh, there, it really was the best, wasn't it? I mean, growing up with our vinyl records. So I'm glad that it's making a comeback. And, and with this album as well, I personally think this is the perfect time to release it because, I mean, just for me personally, I, I use music as a, as a disconnect from the rest of the world and what's going on. And obviously with what's going on now, I'm, I'm turning to music a lot. So having new music to listen to, it's, it's like a saviour for me. So just for me personally, you couldn't have chose a better time to release new music. It's, it's just the perfect time. Well, it is. And uh, I have a better audience, I think, right now because everybody's stuck at home, you know. And uh, I think that it's a, such a good rock record, too. And I think that a lot of people didn't expect this. Uh, of course, I certainly didn't expect everybody to, to fall in love with this record like they did. And I, I literally hadn't listened to the record for, I don't know, seven years at this point. Uh, so to be able to, to go back and listen to it when, when it was released on this digital download, I was just flabbergasted with how fantastic it is. Because uh, I just walked away from it. You know, you have to emotionally when you invest so much time and energy into something and then not see it come to pass, you know, for so many years. So it's, but it holds up. I mean, it's, it still is valid today as it was a decade ago. Well, and, I thought it was uh, brand new. I, we, we would never notice for those of us that didn't know. Like, it just sounds like it's a fresh... Well, I mean, it still is fresh, isn't it? Because it's newly released. But uh, that must have been really cool for you. It's like a new record for you, in a way. Because like you say, you haven't listened to it for 10 years. So then you're listening to it like the fans as well. Oh, yes. I mean, you know... It just, I'm so sorry. My dog, my dog's making herself known. <laughs> we're used to dogs. We're used to dogs barking in the background, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, uh, but, but, yes, I'm sorry, Kelly. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that on this album, um, you, it was written and produced by the ex Guns N' Roses drummer, Matt Solemn. How did that collaboration come about? It was a fluke. He had called me to be a background singer for, for Ace, his, his wife's record. And uh, I was touring with Ken Phillips, my publicist, for the Runaways movie. I'm, and I missed the opportunity to sing for him. And I really wanted to do it. But I called him and I'd just been uh, asked to open for Joan in three weeks, Joan Jett, at the Pacific Amphitheater. And this was a big show, a big jo- big show. And I happened to tell Matt that I uh, needed a band. I did, and he just said, well, I'll be your drummer. And he goes, and I'll put the band together for you. And I just fell out of my chair. And wow. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> and within three weeks, we opened for Joan. Uh, it was something like 9,000 people. And it was just spectacular. And he just looked at me and said, we got to make a record. And within a week, we were in his studio cutting Roxy Roller. It happened that fast. It was amazing. <laughs> I love that track. That's really catchy. I love it. Um, you just Thank mentioned you. The, the movie, The Runaways. Um, I really enjoyed the movie as well. I'm just wondering if it's a true representation of your time in the band. Well, you know, I think that how do you put two and a half years of absolute chaos into a a 90 minutes? You really can't do that. (laughs) But, you know, and besides some times, you know, where with the corset, which I thought was really pretty important, they had that late in the film. And actually, we were out the gate with that corset once we started doing live shows. I happened to see it. I loved it. I knew I'd wear it for Cherry Bomb. And only. Yeah, I see. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so 
So uh, the thing is, is they had the, they, they took some liberties with the times of, of how things came about. But I think it was, you know, like Joan says, she goes, well, you know, I'm not going to turn around and say this, this is so wrong because it really isn't. But I'll tell you, Floria Sigismonte got the 70s just in a perfect way. I mean, she's got quite the eye for that nostalgic period. And, um, of course, Dakota Fanning, Kristen Stewart, and Michael Shannon just did amazing jobs uh, portraying us. I'm so grateful for that. So just going back to the the, the new album, um, the title, well, not the title, sorry, track one on the album is Mr. X, which features Slash and Duff McKagan. Like, how did that collab come about? Because that was like, I mean, first of all, it's a perfect song to open the album with. What what a kick-ass track that is. It's so good. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Matt Sorum, the, he, it, when they were in Velvet Revolver, that song was written for Velvet Revolver. Ah. And then the band broke up. And so Matt <clears throat> thought that maybe this would just be a perfect song for me. So we asked Slash and Duff what their feelings on it. And they were thrilled and they came in and they cut the track. And uh, I had quite a fun time singing that song. Um, and it's so funny because they had asked a slash, what were his top 10 collaborations in his uh, lifetime in music? And he chose me as one of them. Wow. So that, and he's worked with everyone. On that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really neat. And two of my favorite songs on the album, I love Rock and Roll Oblivion. That one's such a huge song. It's massive. I just, I just love the arrangements you know, of it. Yes, that's Lanny Cardola, who is just a wonderful friend. And I've been doing session work for him starting, golly, 20 years ago. And he brought that song. And that's actually a, a scratch vocal on there because we ran out of time um, after doing all these 15 songs and, uh, we ran out of time and I just listened to it and I thought, well, we can, you know, focus on another song. Uh, I kind of wish now I'd have redone the, uh, the vocal on that, but um, you know what? It was true and real. And uh, Lanny Cardola is just a master songwriter. Yeah. It's an awesome song. And then my favorite track of the whole album is shades. I love the string section in that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you know, my son Jake wrote that song. Uh, oh, wow. That's awesome. We actually, Yes, and um, Matt wasn't thrilled with the original lyrics. I ended up on the album I did with Kim Fowley uh, called Reverie. My son and I do a duet on that song and kept all of his original songwriting, uh, all of his lyrics and stuff. But I will say that, uh, you know, to have two versions of such a great song is, 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 is really neat. Wow, it must cool. be so lovely to be able to collaborate with your son and also your sister in something that you love doing. Yes, uh, you know, Jake in particular, uh, to to have him be in the band when we opened for Joan and to walk out in front of that massive crowd did remind me very much of my twin sister, Marie, when first time she stepped on a stage really was, was like at the Budokan in Japan or something. It was like ridiculous. I mean, for <laughs> her to walk out and be that, to have that kind of experience is, is I'm so grateful that my son got to uh, walk out at the Pacific Amphitheater in front of a huge crowd and and um once that happens they're they're a goner you know <laughs> they have to do it except for my twin sister she didn't love it so much, <laughs> but jake certainly does so with Aww. this album do you plan on touring this album i know it's tough to answer that at the moment but is there any plans for the future to take it on tour oh ab absolutely gavin uh we have to tour on this record because this is really 
this, these are my roots. These songs, you know, bring me back to, to, to times growing up and, uh, um, you know, rock and roll is in my blood and, uh, I, I've got to get, I've got to get out there and support this record. So I know it'll happen. I absolutely know it will. Awesome. I wanted to get out on when you guys were on the road with uh, doing the motivator with Brie Darling, but I didn't get a chance to get over to, I was hoping to go to Chicago to see you, but unfortunately didn't get a chance to, but hopefully if you take this one on, on the road, I'll, I'll come and see a show. Cause, uh, like I say, it's, it's such an amazing album. So to see it live, I mean, that's another experience. Oh, uh, well, Gavin, you have, and Kelly, you guys have to come as my guests because uh, I would absolutely oh, love wow. to meet you guys face to face. Yeah. So, well, de- oh, that would be amazing. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Get my dancing shoes on. <laughs> 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 yes, you will. Um, so, what about online? Have you thought about doing any? All these artists are doing this online thing at the moment. Would you consider doing something like that? Maybe a showcase of the album? Well, we've got a little surprise coming up here pretty soon. Oh, that's um, good. Just, yes. Uh, but I'm not going to talk much about it, but it's a huge surprise. It's a huge surprise. And right now it's all, uh, you know, it's in the final stages. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for it. Tell us a little bit about this audio book as well. I've, I've heard it mentioned before, but I don't know too much about it. You say it's a book that you've previously written and now you, you're just doing an audio book version. Yes, well, it's Neon Angel, Memoir of a, of a Runaway, and it's on HarperCollins or It Books. Uh, it's doing very, very well right now. It's actually number one on Amazon yesterday uh, for the Kindle version of the book, and I am in the process of doing the audio. And, you know, I thought when I'd finished this book um, that I was done with it. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, you talk about things that you just you want to put to, to, to rest. Uh, I actually reached out to my neighbor, Scott Waters, next door, and I said, if you hear me screaming and crying, hey, please don't call the police. I'm just doing my book, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a heavy, heavy duty book that is uh, sometimes when when I'm reading through these chapters, and a lot of these readings are cold because it's a book's like 360 pages, and they're not, you know, like widely spread you know, senses. It's a condensed book. It's a lot of reading. So of course I, I read it cold and then it becomes so real that it it stuns me that this was, that this was something I even lived through. So uh, it's not for the faint of heart, Gavin, this book is not for the faint of heart, but um, I'll be very, very happy when it's finished. And then I can actually you know, say, all right, I'm done with this now. I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. So with this audio book, is it, is it difficult when, you, when you're when you like reading it out? Do you find yourself criticizing the way you're reading it? Because obviously singing is one thing. I'm a singer myself, so I can relate to that. But actually reading out, I'd be so critical of how I'm reading it, thinking, are people going to understand the way I'm saying this? Am I reading it the way it's supposed to be read? Like, or is oh, it no, easy to just breeze through it? the thing is, is- well, I wrote the book, and I remember every every paragraph, which is funny because I, I didn't think I would. I, uh, You know, I wrote it with Tony O'Neill, who's a fabulous guy, but, you know, he's British, and, it, I, and I used to have it really out with him because I'd say, it seems like you're taking this valley girl and dropping her into an you know, English prep school. You know, <laughs> we would have little battles here and there because the way he spoke representing me didn't seem valid. And so uh, towards the end of the book, I had 
to all the editors for Harper Collins, uh, and there was a lot of them working throughout the weekend to to make the changes that I had to make. And you know what? I felt like if this book fell flat on its face, that I could take responsibility because I, I if it was going to fail, I wanted to, it wanted it to fail because of me. That I didn't want to have to blame somebody else for it. So I took that approach. And when I'm reading this book, the thing is, is that I'm there. I'm, I'm right where I was, whether it was in the runaways, before the runaways, or after the runaways. Um, I'm reliving this. And, and I'll tell you, the tears that come spurting out of my eyes and the screaming, I mean, it's literally, it's, it's something that shocked me. That still, you can write something down on a piece of paper, but until you say it out loud, and you live it because you have to live it. You have to relive what you went through, and the emotion just comes pouring out. It's um, it's it's tragic. It's tragic, and it's it's horrifying, and it's uh, um, and in a lot of a lot of uh, parts in this book, it's 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 such a relief, you know, to be able to do that. You've done so much in your life. And one of the things that I, I didn't even know was a thing until I watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians um, and Rob Kardashian comes to your workshop and you're doing chainsaw art um, and he gets yes. lessons from you as well. Did you? That must be yeah. great publicity <laughs> for starters. <laughs> Did you know he was going to turn oh. up or was it just sprung upon you in the moment? Yeah, they, they just, they reached out to me and, you know, a lot of their stuff is scripted. I'm not going to say that this just happened and fell out of the sky. It was a, a scripted deal. That's the way the Kardashians work most <laughs> of the time, from from my experience. But yeah, I've been a chainsaw artist for almost 20 years now. So, um, you know, they had heard about me being a, a chainsaw artist and they sought, sought me out. And uh, uh, it was fun. It was fun. I, I uh, wish I could have spent more time with Rob because... I think uh, he could have be- become a decent carver there. The one, the one thing that bugged me about that clip was that it just comes up, uh, Cherie Curry, uh, chainsaw artist, and it's like, hang on a second, we, there needs, there needs <laughs> to be a mention that this is this is a rock star. Why, why isn't it? That's like saying like putting Elton John's name up and going Elton John crocheter. It's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like. I, I mean, I get it wasn't, you know, it wasn't within the, you know, the the show wasn't about that. But still, I was like, oh, come on. There needs to be a little bit of a backstory here. Well, you're talking about so the Kardashians, for crying out loud. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the whole world revolves around them, right? <laughs> <laughs> True enough. <laughs> it intrigued me to watch, um, watch some more to see how it was done. And it looks very difficult. But there's one piece that I, it was incredible. You did an Indian man and you say that you're not used to carving many more into mermaids and fish, that kind of thing. But this Indian man was incredible. And I'm just, I just wondered how long a piece like that takes. I'm still working on him. And uh, oh. in fact, that's a, the whole thing with the audio book and them releasing this record, uh, which I didn't expect really, uh, set me back on finishing him. He would have been finished by now, but um uh, I was looking forward to 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 getting him done. He is hard to do, and of course, you know he um, looks very difficult. Be, yes, well, you know, even the feathers alone and everything else is because I can't wait to get to, to the detail part of it. 
but I'm still working on the body and making sure everything is proportionate. That's the thing is that, you know, you'll see carvings with these real short legs or, you know, uh, uh, it just, it's not aesthetically pleasing to me and I will not stop until it is. And that, you know, you can't make a mistake cause you can't put it back on. So, uh, I'm taking my sweet time with this one. Um, and I look forward to finishing this book cause I'll have a clear mind to get it done. Has that ever happened where you've chipped a bit too much off and you just kind of ruin it? <laughs> Many times. And once you chip off too much, you have to recarve the entire thing. Oh, that would so be so sure stressful. After, after doing it for, <laughs> yeah, you can't put it back on. And that means, all right, well, I've, <laughs> I've paid a, a big penance many, many times on carvings by cutting too much off. So uh, I, I really don't do that anymore. So you wouldn't like if you, ch- if you chopped his head off, you wouldn't say, oh, it's a headless Indian. And just try and sell it that way. <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't. Uh, in fact, I'd figure out some way to do some kind of neck piece or something and reattach it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a face. Yeah, the face, which is the first thing. To, and, and trust me, I had to cut his face off once already because his face was too far forward to put the body in there and have the arm. So I had to literally, I closed my eyes and I took my saw and I just whacked it off. Oh. And that was hard because I knew I had to redo that face and um, but I'm glad I did and my last question for you before we let you go is have you got any plans to do anything again with Bree Darling because that album you guys did was fantastic oh thank you you know what yes I hope so I'm gonna have a little talk with her and the record company tomorrow and uh, we're just I know we're releasing on uh, June 5th I believe we're uh, an acoustic version of get together so oh, nice. um, I love I love Bree. I, I, she's a fabulous person. I, right now, though, I mean, to be honest, I've got a little bit of rock and roll uh, oblivion in my blood as well. So <laughs> I've got to get out and, and tour on on Boulevards of Splinter. So uh, I, I, me and Bree, we'll, we'll do some more recording together for sure. Excellent. Well, when you when you do get some tour dates in mind, um, we'd love to talk to you again to help promote. So we'll uh, we'll try and set that up. That'll be wonderful. Well, that, that would mean a lot to me because if it wasn't for you guys, uh, you know, no one would know about this record. And I really appreciate all your support. I really do. Well, we, and we really appreciate you as well, because one thing I love about you is that you, you remember names and stuff. Like we talk to a lot of people and they don't know the name of the show. They don't know the name of us. And, and it's fine. You know, not everyone has to remember everyone's name, but you always address us by name. And it's, it's a very comfortable, easy chat with you. And, and I was really looking forward to it today. So. Thanks again for coming on. Well, you're very much appreciated, Gavin, Kelly. Very, very much appreciated. And, uh, you know, just like nobody likes to have their name. Well, I'm, usually people call me Sherry or Cherry or something, and you call me Cherie, and I really appreciate that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because there was a, I, we had you on once before, and I called you Cherie, and that was fine because I, I said it the right way. And then Kelly was calling you Cherie the other day, and I was like, you've got to get a name right. It's Sherry. And then Kelly said, well, I've just listened no, to the that, other interview that, you did. Yeah. And, and it's Cherie, because you're calling her Cherie. And we got so confused that I'd actually called you by the proper name the first time. And then for some reason, I just kept saying Sherry all the time. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, because that's the natural thing. You know, Kelly had it right, Cherie. You know, like well, I'll never live it down now you've said that. <laughs> See? <laughs> 
But I did have it right last time. Let's anyway. just let's just remember that I did get it right last time. <laughs> well, you know what? That it, it's not that I'm so used to it now, Gavin. Honestly, I am, and it's just fine with me. You know, <laughs> if, if, if you appreciate the record. That's what matters the most. Yeah, hundred percent. And we, uh, we yeah, do. Hope I just can't wait to see it on tour one day because that'll be wonderful. Well, thank you guys, and I'll see you when we when we uh, come in your area for sure. And uh, Ken. Phillips, my wonderful publicist, he is uh, on this call with us as he always is, and he'll make sure that we make that happen. I sure will. Oh, thank you <laughs> very <Thanks> much. Again. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Thanks, okay, take good care. All right, sweetheart. Bye bye now. You too. Bye. Bye now. Hi, this is John Chalice here, uh, probably better known as uh, Boy Singing from Only Fools and Horses. And I want uh, I want you to listen to the Majors Mess Hall podcast. Okay, so there was our interview there with Cherie Corey, and uh, that album is available now. You can go to Spotify, and uh, it's called Boulevards of Splendor, and it's honestly fantastic. Um, recommended tracks from me are Shades, um, also like uh, Rock and Roll Oblivion, and Mr. X is, what, is the one that um, Slash plays on, and that's track one, and that's a really good track as well. So check it out. It really is a great album. Anyway, joining us now, we have uh, a really good friend of mine, the guy that used to be in a band with years ago. Uh, this is James Podmore. So how's it going, Jay? Not bad, mate. Not bad yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Still there, uh, still smiling. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's weird, <laughs> isn't it? It's been a hot minute. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, that's the thing about moving away is that, like, it's, you know, trying to keep... I've got so many people back home to try and keep in touch with. And I don't think it yeah. is too bad of a job, but it's, you know, sometimes it can be months... And you know we haven't we haven't even said hey to each other. I mean, Facebook helps because we you know we see what each other posts, but um, it's not the same as being able to go for a drink and have a proper chat in person. Obviously, but um, we make it work. Well, no one can do that right now, can they? I mean, we're all in the same boat at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Slowly, slowly seems to be improving a little bit, but uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. No, well, it doesn't stop me drinking. To be honest, it just stops me <laughs> drinking. With it. <laughs> exactly. It just stops the social part, but the drinking is still okay. The drinking is going strong, Todd. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Absolutely. <laughs> so, at the start of the episode, I did mention that you it's your production company that's called Avengers Media. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, and then obviously the project that you you come on to talk about today is called the Chase. So, first that's of all, first of all, what where did where did the concept for, for Avengers Media come from? Okay, well, we get banned about this quite a lot, to be honest. Um, we, we've had a guy called Dan. I'm just going to call him Dan because to, to give him his full name would be wrong <laughs> online. Um, okay. But Dan said he couldn't wait for us to hear from Disney lawyers. I mean, <laughs> God knows what else Dan is doing with his life, but uh, he can't wait, apparently. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Avengers Media, the name came from many years ago um, when I first started like making film and stuff. Uh, I, I got called about a, a fairly sizable job, which I simply wasn't ready to do at all. Um, but I wanted to do it and I needed to do it because of the position I was in in my life at that at that moment. So I agreed to this this job, said yes, and then immediately panicked that I didn't have a crew. I didn't really have the full know-how that I need that I would need for the job, uh, or at least I didn't think I did. Um, so I just called around uh, a few close mates who I knew did film, uh, you know, DAPs, people who, who did various production roles um, and asked for their help and said, could you drop everything and come and work with me for two weeks in London uh, starting like in a couple of days it'll, it's going to be good pay 
and outline the job, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they all said yes. They dropped everything. They came to my aid. And then on the actual job itself, we joked because Avengers had not long been out. We <laughs> joked that, oh, we're like, we are like the Avengers all coming to, to the rescue and you're like the Tony Stark. And, you know, it was all, it was like, it was all a bit of like, just like blokes being idiots, essentially. Um, but it just stuck. And forever since that time, I've just wanted to have the company be called Avengers Media. And it's only in the last sort of 18 months, two years, where I've started working with Jason Ricketts. Um, and the two of us decided that we would call the company Avengers Media, following on from what happened all those years ago. Excellent. So there's a, kind of, there's a story behind it. It's not just because I like Avengers, which I do. Yeah. Because I'm a child, but uh, <laughs> it has it has meaning because my friends came to help me when I really needed. I was down and out in life essentially. I'd uh, gone through some things, and which you probably know, I've I've, a, I've an idea what that is. Yeah, uh, you know, like restarting my whole life again in a, in a professional sense and a personal sense. And my mates came to my aid, and it meant a lot. So I wanted to honour that that time essentially. So have you heard from Disney yet? Have they <laughs> have they got in touch? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But Dan can't wait, um, and as soon as I hear from him, I'm going to get in touch with Dan, who's a bit of a weirdo, because I went on his Facebook profile, and it's just all like Little Mermaid. So, <laughs> maybe he works for Disney. Like, <laughs> maybe he's a Disney show, I don't know. Excellent. Okay, so this, this latest project that you're working on, The Chase, episode one is yeah. already out, and we've seen it. Um, tell us about cool. that, because it is quite a, it's a confusing concept. I like I can't I don't want to explain it because I know I'll get it wrong. So we we literally have waited for you to come on to explain us what the concept of this this thing is. I'm not sure I can explain it to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was literally, it was just something that we decided to do. It was the weekend before lockdown happened, and we were out and about with the drone, essentially. And we just said, shall we? We'd seen something online. So should we try and emulate that effect that we saw online and see if we can we can like recreate it? And it was like that portal effect, which features prominently in, in Chase. Um, and we, we just filmed some stuff. And then, then lockdown happened. And it was kind of, well, what do we do with all the footage that we've just collected? And uh, we had a little chat about it. And then we, we just conjured up this daft sci-fi. It wasn't very deep. It didn't have a lot, an awful lot of plot behind it. But it was this daft sci-fi of someone who was on the run from someone else. And they were using these portals to leap through time and space in order to escape and that's how it started uh, it's since we've since that point we've we've added in a whole backstory and characters and and various plot strands so the idea behind it now is that watch each episode and at the end of each episode and it starts after episode two which will be premiering next week uh, you get a choice as an audience where you can decide what should happen next to the characters as in where they should go or who they should contact or what they should do or should they should they throw down or, or whatever it might be, uh, and that that will be used. We'll take a vote online on Twitter and Facebook and all the other mediums, and then we'll we'll kind of use that um, the result to inform what we do in the next episode. See, so yeah, that's what it's I like that, about it. That is is the fact that you know the audience get to you know kind of join in, and that's like it's quite unique. It's almost like a video game, but it's not like you, you're getting to decide what happens next. Yeah, it reminds like me of those old. When I was a kid, those game books we used to, you know, always crawling through a dungeon, and it'd be like, do we go through this door or do you face off against a dragon? Turns to page thirty-eight, whatever it was. I don't know if you guys, you guys have them on oh, your yeah. side. I'm sure you did. Um, but yeah, it re- kind of reminds me of them. Uh, yeah, and that, like that was the, that's the concept behind it. 
Say again, Todd. It was a choose your own adventure book, like you say. Yeah. It was you would get to like a, a crossroads, and it would say if you want to do this, turn to this page. If you want to do that, and I would always cheat. I would always flip to both and see like <laughs> which was the better choice. I'd be like, oh, this sounds better. I'm going this way. And people yeah. like you can't you can't do that. And I'm like, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were meant to play with dice and all sorts, weren't you, and notes, but I never did, did any of that. I just assumed oh, I would every fight. Like some kind of cave troll. Yeah, I beat him. Easy. So yeah, this, exactly. this episode one, it was, it, to me, it was it's more like a, like a teaser because it doesn't explain everything. It just makes you wonder what's coming on it, what's happening. And uh, yeah. one thing I did notice as well is that like, the... The special effects is—it's incredible. I don't know what you're using to do that, but it's really, really like—it's like a movie. It's that the quality is that good. I mean, thanks. Uh, I, I'm not going to agree with you, but uh, cheers. Yeah. Um, essentially, it's it's me learning an awful lot of stuff as fast as I can to try and keep up with it. Um, today's been an arduous day. I've sat in front of my computer for ten hours, and it's like 25 degrees outside. So, wow. in England. That's really hot, as you know, mate. Oh yeah. Uh, Todd, we don't get that kind of temperature very often. This is this is an experience. Uh, so yeah, learning lots of new stuff <laughs> and just trying to uh, trying to make it look as good as it can look without spending an awful lot of money on it. Because obviously, as a creative, money is tight at the moment. Um, I'm not I'm not actually doing a lot an awful lot of paid work because of of what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. Spending the time learning and being creative. And and in a weird way, kind of remembering why it is that I do this stuff because it's it's all just kind of you know it's coming from within me all that creative stuff, telling stories, trying to do really outlandish things. It's it's why you become actors and filmmakers and singers and and whatever we want to be. It's it's like kind of like it's it's kind of touching base again with who I think I wanted to be way back when. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes that makes sense. That's awesome. And the the good thing about this is is like you know. If this is a success, you can do it again, and then maybe you could, you know, do like a GoFundMe or something, or a Patreon type thing for it as well. Um, yeah, Kickstarter or something. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Kickstarter, like, because it's just obviously once people understand what's going on and what it is, that's when people would want to invest in it. Like, because yeah, right, right now it's like it's it, you've got to draw people in, and, and well, the best way to do that is to do it for free. <laughs> now that you explain it and you talk about going back and like explaining each backstory of the character, it reminds me a lot of like a Quentin Tarantino film like Reservoir Dogs. You know, I had to yeah. watch that movie twice because the first time through I was like, what the fuck was that? But then like the second time I watched it, I'm like, oh, okay. So now they're telling the backstory of Mr. Pink and this is Mr. White. And okay, now it's all coming together. Okay, I get it now. So yeah, that's what it kind of sounds like you're you're trying to do with a twist of choose your own adventure so you can actually tell the backstory but then you can decide the future as well exactly. so you're kind of going on a, a a different paradigm here so that's like a, an awesome concept yeah it's uh, it's i mean it's it's obviously inspired by by films like reservoir dogs and pulp fiction where the the narrative is not necessarily linear in a sense um, right. and we were doing, we were actually ready to to shoot something else right before lockdown happened which is called nexus um which is essentially kind of that sort of story where you meet characters in the middle of their story and then you kind of find out all about how they got there as the episodes proceed and that was a kind of that's an eight episode series which we read to roll on um but obviously covid has stopped everything fun in the world yeah um yeah. unfortunately born out of out of necessity and boredom really <laughs> to be honest so um, well, it, was, it was excellent it was just confusing 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it is it is essentially a teaser. It's not although we called episode one, it is just a teaser for what's coming. Because it's we we made it with, with the footage we had plus a bunch of stuff that I could manage, a bit of green screen in the back room of my house. Um and okay. episode two I've managed to get out, film a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more kind of character stuff and a bit of kind of world building going on. Uh, where you're finding out who everyone is and what's going on. Um, and yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I've had to film stuff on my own, kind of acting and also manning the camera. And then today, I did a bit of ADR as well, um, adding in the, the dialogue. Um, oh, nice. And it's been, it's, been an, uh, it's been a trip because Jason lives in Manchester. I live in Liverpool. So that's like, for you guys over there in, across the Atlantic, it's like, that's an hour's trip. So we can't oh, wow. work like, like uh, the way we normally would. Yeah. So he's been contributing with some effects. Um, and I've been kind of doing all the filming here, so yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a major task for us to to put it together. But I think episode two is looking looking good. I'm I'm so pretty pleased with it. How do you end up doing a collaboration like that? Is it like a Dropbox thing where you do part of it and then like send it to him and then he does his part and sends it back and you kind of mix it together that way? Virtual like to say can't work together. That sounds really amicable, Todd, and really nice. Um, but it's not like that. It's more me. <laughs> it's more me phoning him and demanding certain things from him on my day. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and like, I need afterburner jets, or I need a planet that explodes, or something along those lines. Um, and I need it now. Um, so that's <laughs> um, But it's been good. Uh, it's 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 also difficult technically because um, our 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 basically our, our computer systems aren't really up to the task of producing mass effects. Um, so it's really slow, like really anyone who does any kind of editing, whether it be music or whether it be whether it be film or whatever, will will understand the pain that I go through on a daily basis. But it's uh, <laughs> it's been great. It's good to learn. You know what I mean? It's just nice to be to oh, be yeah, my age and still feeling like you're learning and developing all the time. So that's really good. So how how involved like is the other guy like, in the sense of acting or is that all you? Are you doing everything like the, I know you do. You do a lot of the voices in that first the first episode. Yeah. I knew, you'd, I knew you'd notice that. Um, yeah, he, he provided the... There's a character called Firefly who is being chased in that teaser. Um, he is the voice of Firefly. And on the day, he was manning the camera. And there's a brief shot where I'm in the background firing lasers. So that is actually me. It's not just someone with... It's not just a couple of special effects. Um, and in the second episode, I pretty much do... I'm, I'm, I'm the only person you see in the second episode. I, I play everyone. Um, which is uh, <laughs> if you know me which most well obviously no one over there does but apart from Gav but if you knew me you'd know that that isn't unusual for me to play everyone um, <laughs> my ego <laughs> but uh, yeah so in terms of involvement he's been mainly he provides the voice of the the protagonist um, and also he's providing kind of like like just told Todd all the a lot of VFX stuff he's he's like kind of pre-preparing as well Excellent. Awesome. That's uh, that's got to be a headache, though, doing all the characters yourself. And I know you're probably used to it, like. But um, would you rather do that, or would you rather have other people come in as well, like to do um, characters? Um, yeah, we've got. Well, we've got. Um, we've got. We have got a couple of extra characters in this one. Um, my mum features in it. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Patricia oh, Bodmore. Nice character, not like a monster. <laughs> 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 you know, no, yeah, she's a nice character. She's, I won't spoil what happens to her. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah. 
<laughs> I think I may have just spoiled it. But yeah, she's a she did a little little scene, which is which is a great little scene actually. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Paula Muldoon, who goes by the name P. Lee, she provides um, her voice and, and face for a holographic character as well. So people are chiming in from afar to to help us to to get it well, to make the world. Bigger. Well, if, if you ever need a uh, a redneck. Um, by the name of Dick Johnson, <laughs> Todd has got a character. <laughs> Todd has got a character yeah. called Dick Johnson. Who's, a, who's I mean, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but he has got a character called Dick Johnson, who's hilarious. Dick, jo- <laughs> is that a, where, where can I see Dick Johnson? I mean, should I say that? <laughs> he's he's everywhere. Well, depending on how you ask that, you might go to prison. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the character I originally came up with, I was doing a series of videos. Actually, that's how uh, Gavin and I kind of got together was he saw my youtube stuff and contacted me and i came on the show and just talked about the videos i was doing of several different characters and he really took a a liking to dick johnson and i did a lot of other work after that as dick johnson i've actually like come on a podcast and done but um not that long ago i did a uh, a dick johnson video where i did the uh the soda pop and mentos challenge where i i dropped Mentos into the Diet Coke and tried to drink it, and uh, <laughs> blows it up, blows up in my face. So, uh, but basically, uh, Dick Johnson's a redneck ghost hunter who doesn't believe in the paranormal. He thinks it's all a bunch of horseshit, but he needs a paycheck. So, if somebody tells him about a paranormal monster, he goes and hunts it. And but he's scared of the dark, so he only does day hunts. <laughs> so, so it's it's basically like a, a multi-layer that he doesn't really believe, but at the same time he's kind of a big pussy. So he he's very apprehensive when he does these hunts, and once in a while he comes across things that spooks him, and then but then he tries to act like a tough guy. So, and uh, yeah, but the weird thing about it is I do everything with no script and one take. Like there's very little editing involved, as Gavin could tell you, because he's done some things with me, and it's basically no script. It's just all. Um, ad lib and and uh it's all one take we just go there get it and get it done and uh put it together and, and put it on uh youtube so skill right there man we did actually uh, t- <laughs> todd doesn't know this but like we did we did a little bit here with with the other guys from the podcast and and todd like everyone came to nova scotia and we filmed like a blair witch project style thing it was, it was ridiculous <laughs> but it's funny it was just ridiculous and one of the opening things i stole a, a, an alan partridge gag and uh, I didn't tell Todd I'd stolen it, so this is like I'm telling him now. But the bit where you you throw your watch, you you like oh, yeah. he's throwing he's throwing bread to the ducks, and he flicks <laughs> his hand, and his watch comes off and goes in the water, and he's like, "Damn, I lost my watch!" But it's that's a that's a, an Alan Partridge gag. I don't know if you remember it from the uh, the Christmas uh, special, and he's like, "Well, my watch flew off." <laughs> <laughs> so so we nabbed that, but then we added onto it, and like we we then we did a cutaway of Dick Johnson on the other side of the lake with a stick <laughs> leaning down over this little bridge trying to fish this fucking watch out of the lake while all these ducks are swimming around him. It was quite funny. Yeah, the great thing about that was the park wasn't closed, so we had people, people randomly people walking were like, by while off? I was filming this, and they're like looking at me like, are you okay, sir? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to get my watch, man. Come on. Like, it, <laughs> it was it was great because, and then when we did the, the recent one where I was hunting the, uh, the Harry Bulver uh, the hairy beaver beast of Nova Scotia. Um, Gavin and I went on Easter 
Sunday, and we thought it's Easter Sunday. Everybody's going to be celebrating Easter, doing egg hunts, going to church. The, the park's going to be totally empty, and it was busy as fuck there. <laughs> and so here, here I am trying to do this incredibly inappropriate storyline of hunting a beaver beast, and uh, there's all these kids like watching me and their parents like watching me, and I'm like, I really don't think this is kid-friendly for you to be over here listening to me talk about a beaver beast so um <laughs> so that was annoying but we got through it we got it done and it was uh it was a lot of fun so like, do you do you ever have a problem with that jay like you're trying to film something outside and people are just kind of gathering around see what's going on oh yeah like totally on monday i did the uh, an outdoor shoot for the chase uh, episode two uh, it's a woodland scene and um that i had to find a secluded bit of kind of forest locally where I'm able to safely go and film and not break any kind of rules. Um, and in this little bit of wood, I didn't know, but these the local kids have built like kind of like a like um ramps for bikes and skateboards and whatever else in the in the forest and it's massive. And I didn't know, and I was filming at the back of it. And as I arrived, I didn't, I, I just to, I was just told that this bit of forest would be empty and no one goes there. But as I arrived, I had to walk through literally about 40 kids on bikes and skateboards. <laughs> and, <laughs> Jesus. With a crate and, and, and like all my camera gear on my back. And then I, I told them what I was doing because they were like, what, what, what are you doing here? It's like, I mean, they probably thought I was some kind of like pedophile or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't mind me. I reassured them I wasn't as all good pedophiles do. <laughs> don't worry, children. I'm not here for that. Wink, wink. No, uh, but they probably did think I was a weirdo. And then I went to the I went to the back of this this area and set up. And then I got changed. And when you see what I'm wearing in episode two, you'll appreciate why it would be strange to see me there. Um, and yeah, the, the couple of them did come come back there to just see what what was what and ask if you could be in it and stuff. But when you're trying to set up a camera and act and move stuff around and and just do you know and keep an eye on your gear and you've got like 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 10, 12 kids every 10 minutes coming down to just say, hey, mate, what are you up to over there? That's uh, <laughs> driving up the fucking wall. Yeah, mate, it was... It, was, it, was, it, it took about two hours good. longer than it should. <laughs> there were no legendary beavers there, unfortunately. But no. <laughs> I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to tag it in, in some of the videos just so you can see it, because it is funny stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely do it. Definitely. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to throw five questions at you. These we call these the majors top five, and these are literally five questions we ask. Not not every one of our guests, but we do periodically. We bring these questions up, and they're just five generic questions that you could ask anyone, and the answers are obviously always different. So I figured we we try them with you. So uh, right. this this one is a tough question. I should have actually I was going to text you this earlier and I forgot to, so I apologise just because it requires a little bit of thinking. And let, you might know it, but anyway. <laughs> Um, which one song defines you? Ah, oh, see, Jesus. that's tough, isn't it? It's not what's your favourite song. It's which one song defines you as a person. Would you say if you had to pick one? And if you can't oh, pick one, the... just tell us one you like. <laughs> um, God, I don't. God, mate, you've like completely like thrown me there. Um, what one song defines me? Jeez, ah, oh, not for obvious reasons at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. The song doesn't define me in the sense of lyrics, but I'd say I've got to pick one from the band, mate. Go on, then. I've got to pick one from the band. I'm going to say it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Oh, that's a good. You know what? That's that's a good one because we used to sing. I mean, that's an acapella anyway, but we used to sing the acapella version of that song, and that was we like did. that was that was probably the best one we did. 
And ironically, like somebody's commented on an old video, I was singing it online, and now it's circulating again. So everyone's going, oh, wow. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, it's, a, it's an old video. It's like fucking 20 years old, but people are commenting on it and saying it's really cool, which is nice. But it's like, Jesus, like, what, where's this come from? Anyway, it's, it, it, come back. it's funny you picked that one because for me, like, you know the way sometimes you can think, you think of a person and it reminds you of a song or, or the other way around, a song reminds you of a person. For me, with you, it would be Lately by Stevie Wonder. And that's because you you, yeah. you sing it wonderfully, but like, and yeah, that was like, we used to do solos at one point in our shows and like, I mean, it wasn't always a good idea because not every member was a good, a good singer. We'll just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> we used to do solos and and, and I, I, I had a Lionel Richie song, I think it was called, I think it was Still by Lionel Richie was mine. And then Jay would always do Lately by Stevie Wonder. And I'd never heard the song until Jay said, oh, I'm going to do this one. And ever since then, I've loved it. And I like singing it now as well. It's such a good song. And, and lyrically, I mean, it's Stevie Wonder, so it's it's incredible anyway. Yeah. But that would be my, my song for you, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that would have been my, my obvious go-to, I think, to be honest. if I, I, just, I just thought more, what's meant more to me, I suppose. I think that... It's it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah. Just will always have special memories. Always. Well, after like ten years of us not being in a band, like you know, not me being in the band because you guys carried on a little bit longer after I left. But um, we met up again. It was for my wedding, like party we had in the UK, and we got up just four of us got up and sang, and we did uh, in the still of the night, and we remembered the harmonies. It was the weirdest thing ever because it had literally been ten, possibly eleven years actually, because Lee was there. That we, that us four had sang together, and we just remembered. The only thing we forgot was some of the words. But the, it's funny the yeah. way that like yeah. music has got its own memory. It was very strange, and we never got to try and sing. Uh, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. So when we meet up again, which hopefully will be next year, we can try yeah. singing that one because that will be like it marks 20 years since the band started basically. So or since you joined, it's 20 years wow. since the band started this year, but next year will be. 20 years since you joined the band so that would be nice just to see if we can remember it because I've not sang that because it's an acapella it's not one you can just sing on your own so like harmony wise that'll be really interesting to see if we can remember it actually <laughs> talk, talking of vocal harmonies like Todd he's, he's not I mean he can sing but he's not a singer but he's got the deepest voice to anyone I've ever known like his, he would have been a, yeah. an amazing bass singer for, for our band <laughs> Todd you sexy bastard let's hear your, your dulcet tones man <laughs> Well, the funny thing is that I tell people this all the time. The recording equipment does not do my voice justice. Like when you hear me on, on the, you know, whatever media this is, um, you hear me in person. And then you're just like, holy shit, because you can actually like feel the bass in my voice. It's so deep. Yeah. Really? Like, you, can hear, you can feel the vibration when I'm talking. And a lot of times people will say, geez, what are you shouting? And I'm like, I'm not shouting. It's just my voice carries. I have a lot of power to my voice. And it's not something I do on purpose it's just i've just been blessed with this powerful voice that i don't know it it annoys some people but um it's extremely deep but i actually raise it up when i talk because if i talk (laughs) in my natural voice it's hard to understand what i'm saying because it's so deep it all kind of just garbles (laughs) together so we don't understand but we do feel like there's going to be an earthquake any moment (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Todd. Todd does show up on the Richter scale. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so the next question is, uh, what is the perfect meal? If you have to pick one meal. 
Oh, like my death row meal. Like yeah. my Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I've got this locked. I've got this locked. It's like a southern style barbecue ribs, full rack. Uh also cornbread on the sides. I mean I'm I'm going like a really like a tourist. Yeah. Um like what I think American food is and what it probably isn't. Um cornbread on the sides. Um barbecued corn cobs as well. Skin on fries. Uh, and then weirdly, um, a, a side of crispy chicken and chili sauce, which is a Chinese dish. But I want that anyway. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, and if you know, if this is my meal, so I can have what I like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if death row don't get you, the diabetes will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, yeah, I think that concludes it. I don't know what I'd have for dessert. If I'm honest, I'm not a big dessert guy. So the ba- the mains is big enough. It's going to kill me anyway. So. <laughs> Okay, so this next one is, um, can you tell us something about yourself that no one else knows? Uh, that no one else knows? Ah, jeez. Um, that no one else knows. Well. Like we know, you like, we know you like to hang around in forests with kids. We know that. So something. Know that everyone knows. <laughs> All seven of the people I've drawn in tonight that, that, that you know, are going to listen to this because I'm here. You're going to know. Uh, my fans. Um, something that no one else knows. That's that's actually really really hard because I'm not. You, you know me, Gavin. I don't I don't keep many secrets. I, I just talk to everybody about anything. I'm just He's like, an open book. I am an open book. Um, something that no one else knows. Uh, I can think of some stuff, but I know it, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> and that doesn't, it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, do you know what? I don't. I don't. I, I actually don't think I can answer that properly. I, I don't think there is anything off the top of my head. Okay, well, let's go with this. James is, is an amazing, uh, he does amazing impressions. Like, he can do accents, accents galore. I don't think there's an accent he can't do, but he's incredible at doing voices, especially, I would say, Eddie Murphy. That's the one I remember the most because he used to do it on stage and it'd take away from what we were doing. Like, we were trying to show off how good we are vocally and then he does that and everyone's like, Jesus, do some more. And they're just loving his impressions and it's like, gee, fucking hell. <laughs> That's not something that no one knows, though. Everyone, everyone knows me for doing voices. Not necessarily amazing voices, but voices, certainly. Um, but, yeah, thanks, mate. I, I'll take that. I definitely <laughs> Am I meant to do a voice now? Is yeah, yeah I, think, I think we need the Eddie Murphy one. Is that a cue? Uh, it's been terrible now. It's like, it's like midnight here. It's <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. Bearing the Todd is actually, a, you know, a, 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 an American man. This is good. This is probably pressure on me. I'm, I'm going to do an accent. Um, okay, okay. I need a, I need a great quote. Oh, and a great Eddie Murphy quote, don't I? I'm on the spot. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll go, we'll go Donkey from Shrek. Oh, Shrek, 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 please, please. Okay, tonight we're swapping many stories. In the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got. That's excellent. We just watched that the other day with the kids, so I'm, I'm familiar with that quote now. <laughs> I'm not yeah, that was pretty spot on. I like it. Right? Cheers, man. Thank you. Yeah. Like, like he would do that on stage, and of course, because it's that good, everyone would buzz off it and want more, and then we're just like, oh, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it like that, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> well, on, even on some of our demos we did, that like, I'm, I mean, you're cringing it now, but like, you did like, I can only assume you were trying to imitate Usher because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like yeah, Usher. And like you were doing the Spanish thing where you're saying a line in, in, 
American, I would say, an American accent, and then you'd say in in this, with a Spanish accent. Well, you'd say it in the Spanish language, and then you'd you'd go back and forth. And it, it's on um, it's on the Spanish song that that song we wrote. I was listening oh, to it. So I was listening to it the other week. <laughs> we recorded that in Par Street Studios, which was pretty cool because Coldplay were in there on the same day. That was cool. Because he came cool. in, didn't he? Chris Martin opened the door and asked if he, if we had any spoons because it. Every room's like a cafeteria, like it's got its own cafeteria in every room for you know whatever band is in there, and we got our own room, and but the doors are connected, and he opened the door and asked if he could uh, have some spoons because there wasn't any in his room. And Suzanne, made, our, our manager, made a joke about, "Oh, you're going to play the spoons on your next record," and I remember thinking, "Oh, <laughs> why would you say that?" <laughs> okay, so the next question is: it's two left. So the next one is, what inspires you? What inspires me? Um... At the moment, the people that I'm I'm around, um, that, well, I'm not really around them because that would be breaking laws. But um, the people that I'm kind of working with, I'm finding very inspiring at the moment. People who are younger than me, who are doing things that I just I would never have thought I could do at that time, um, and they're just out there doing it, and they've got no fear. And and I think that, like, I think that for me individually, I think the fear has held me back quite a lot in my life of just kind of. I've always wanted to do things, but being a little bit scared that if I do fully commit, that you can fail, um, and you'll end up looking stupid. And it, but it ultimately doesn't matter. And I think it's in a, in one way when you think when well, you get get to forty years old and you think, well, it's well that's that shit forty. It's it's shit being older, but it's not because you lose a lot of fear when you get older, and you 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 kind of you can you can embrace things. So yeah, I'd say the people that I'm surrounding myself with at the moment um, professionally. I'd say that they're the people that are inspiring me right now. That's, that's good, really vague. No one knows those people. So that's, no, I can that's, talk a, good, about that's a good answer. I like that. That's a good answer. Well, those people will know who they are as well, so that's good. So they'll... <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to that answer because I, I can understand having the apprehension as a younger fella that you have potential, but you're afraid to pursue it because you're like, well, I think I'm good, but what if I pursue it and, and someone looks at me and says, hey, you're shit, kid. Like, can I handle that rejection? I feel like George McFly you know, for a lot of years until I got, like you say, to middle age. And then you're like, well, if I don't do it now, I'm going to be like, now nah. I'm putting my defense going, oh, I could have been somebody. Oh, <laughs> 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 whoa, middle age. You said, I didn't say middle age. I said, I said 40, 40 young. <laughs> well, I'm speaking of myself. I'm 45. I'll be 46 in October. So, oh, shit, you're old. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I embrace it. I walk like I'm 70, so don't worry. <laughs> you're not going to catch them, them beavers if you, you know, you're walking like you're 70. That's why you didn't find none. I, I know. They are randy. <laughs> that, that's why he only goes after the hairy ones. He leaves the shaved ones because they're a little bit faster. I right. see. They <laughs> slip through your grip quicker, too. They're harder to hold on. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, this this next question is uh, favorite place to be. Favorite place to be. Oh, these questions like they're like super open, aren't they? They are. Yeah, I, sh- I like should have a- gave you them prior to this, shouldn't I? I should have said these are the one questions I'm going to ask. It's really odd. It's really odd. Um, favorite place to be. Right now, I would say, I'd say sitting out in Liverpool, Liverpool city centre. There's there's a there's a kind of a, a place up on the, the top of a, a place called Liverpool One called Shavas Park. And right now, my favourite place to be would be there. If I could be there, 
with a cold drink in my hand, surrounded by all my mates and family and just, you know, actually living a normal life. That would be it, I reckon. Well, hopefully, it it's, hopefully it'll happen again soon. So, fingers crossed. Sure anyway. Yeah, fingers sure crossed. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to wrap this up so, shortly, but social media. So, if people want to find this, The Chase, where, where would they find that on social media? And you, you should find it because there's loads of exciting things coming down the pipeline as well. Um, with maybe some, some some familiar faces featuring in them as well. So, yeah, um, social media, you can find us on Facebook. We're simply Avengers Media Productions on Facebook. And our, our logo is very recognisable because it does look a little bit like the Avengers logo. It does. I thought bit. that when I seen it. <laughs> We're not breaching any rules, Dan. So, back <laughs> off, mate. Right? I've checked it out. Spoken to people, mate. All right? So, you're going to be waiting a long time. Um, also on Twitter, we're at Media Avengers, and on Instagram, we're just at Avengers Media. So we're pretty easy to find. We're still building our audience. We haven't really tried that hard until the last two months. So, um, yeah, we need you guys. Come and join us. Come and check us out. We're doing loads of exciting stuff, loads of exciting things coming down the pipe. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's a good time. It's a good time. Okay, Jay, so, so we are going to wrap it up now. So, uh just yeah, if if everybody just go along and type in Avengers Media on Facebook and uh, and check out the chase. Is it on YouTube as well? It is on YouTube, but we we barely promoted it. So on YouTube, it looks like no one's watched it because no one has watched it on YouTube. Okay, yeah, um, but you. quite a lot of people I think have watched it. Well, well at least seven on uh, Facebook so far. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, yeah. Tune if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. That'd be awesome as well. Yeah, okay. definitely. And we'll make sure that we put a dis- you know, in the description of this episode, we'll, we'll put all the links to everything in there as well. So people will have no excuses. They'll be able to find it. So, All right, then, Jay. Well, thank you very much for coming on and talking to us. It's uh, it's, it's been nice to have a catch-up. And uh, I can't wait, hopefully, to come home next year and we can we can meet up. And uh, I know there's talk of us doing a, a – we'll, we'll meet up anyway. Whether we perform or not, we'll still meet up and, and have a catch-up. So I look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, you too, mate. It's been great to speak to you, and uh, great to speak to you too, Todd. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, join us. Join yeah. us again soon, Jay. It's been we've had a laugh. It's been good. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to come back. Hey, take you it mean. easy, man. You have a nice weekend. Thank you very much, sir. Good evening, fellas. Well, that just about concludes our episode now, and I think we're actually going to finish on a song on the new Sherry Curry album, Boulevards of Splendor. I think we're going to go with uh, track one, Mr. X. And this is the song that um, Slash and Duff McKagan play on from Guns N' Roses. And definitely one of my favourites from the album. So check it out and uh, we'll see you for the next episode.
drum. You got the grace. 